speaks, he doesn't usually get an introduction. In fact, he just goes from leading worship into speaking or emceeing into speaking or whatever. So he barely gets an introduction. So I thought today he's going to get an introduction. And um, I just want to honor him for the man that he is and for the leader that he is of this people here. Um, and just the passion that he has for the church to be all that it's destined to be and um, a passion to see souls come to know Jesus. Um, so it's going to be really good what he's going to share this morning. So I just encourage you to just engage your heart, engage your mind, and um, let's just honour him as he comes to speak. Awesome. Do you know, I've not preached for about eight weeks. Or something like that. It's been amazing. Um, have, you got, have, you, have you got your Bibles? Yes. Of course you have. You've come to church. Have you got your Bible apps? No. Yeah. John has. Paul has at the back. He's got his Bible apps. Right. I, uh, I, I'm going to... I'm gonna. The, 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 the title of today's message is messy mission so that's going to give you a clue messy mission, messy mission. ben jones is going to love it <laughs> it's an in joke i'm sorry if you're new to us and you don't get that but there we are all right last the last number of weeks we've been talking about grace and presence haven't we yeah, yeah. listen again online catch up it's all good i haven't been able to get everything online uh, I've discovered a number of things either weren't missing or the files were corrupted. So I apologize if you've spoken over the last few weeks and you're not online. Um, I, you've been lost in the ether. But you're, you're in here and you're in there for the people that listened, okay? You, you, you were used by God for the moment you were, you were meant to be. Uh, and so most of us here, uh, we know about grace and we know about presence. But, and, and, and we know about how to respond to others in the right way, don't we? How to, because we've listened to that. We've listened to some good teaching. Um, how to desire God and how to seek his presence in our lives. We know, we know that, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Do you know, actually, I quite like the fact that not, not a lot of you went yes that confidently. Because there's always more to learn, isn't there? There's always more of God to, to encounter. And also, you may have heard it, but if you haven't put it into practice, that's Throwing it into practice. Yeah, that's true. I might talk about that. <laughs> it's prophetic. I might not. I can't actually remember what I wrote. No. Um, it's all good. Where am I? Look, you see, I'm here. Um, church meetings, like we're in this morning. All right, let me talk about church meetings. Now, I love the local church. If you've all listened to my little video recently and another video, I love the local church. I love the expression of big capital C church in a local environment. I think it's so, so good. So important. Because um, Jesus said that, that where two or three are gathered, he is there with them. Wow. So, yeah, he, he can meet in your home where two or three of you gather. But he's also here with us this morning. He's sat on that seat right there going, yeah, Matt, it's a good word. Or there, or there. In fact, he's sat on every seat, because he's in your heart if you're a believer. <laughs> so when we gather as a church, Jesus is right here with us. And, and when we do, we, we can talk to him. We, we, we worship him, which we have done, but we also learn from him. We listen to his spirit, and we take all that, and this is the important thing, we take all that out into the world. 
That's, that's primarily the purpose of meeting as a local church, is to listen, is to learn, is to pray, is to worship together, is, is to be built up, to encourage, to recognize that there is always hope, and that to take that into the world. It's not to stay within the four walls of our local church. It's not, we're not, we're not members of a cozy club, are we? It's a great, it's a great thing to be a part of, but we, it's not a cozy club. It's not a working men's club, we don't get a, we don't get a turn. Do you remember that phrase? Yeah. You go for a turn, and then we play bingo, you know, Bible bingo, looking at the appropriate words in our Bible, and then shout, house, or hallelujah, we don't do that, it's not a cozy club, we're here to take what we learn, what we connect with, what we worship, out into the world, into our workplaces, our schools, our colleges, our, our hobbies, the things that we like to connect with, all that, and and because we're to be hands and feet, aren't we? That's what he says as well. It says we're to be his hands, Jesus' hands and Jesus' feet in the world. And here's the thing, right? You can't all be church leaders. You, you, can't, you can't all be church, sorry, say that. Not that you're not, you're not capable, but you can't all be church leaders. Because um, if that were possible, if we were all church, how would we connect with the outside world if we're all doing church? And leading various things in church. So I'm taking it at the very basic level about being church leaders. Because the thing is, we are all leaders in lots of other different ways. I guarantee every single one of you is a leader in, in a different way. Even if you don't think it is. Maybe you're the, you're, you, if you're a parent, you're a leader. You're leading your children through the, the good example of who you are. Okay? So we are all leaders. But here's the thing. We can show gracious, loving leadership in lots of areas. Working, studying, playing. And when we do that, this is the thing, when we do that, we're showing people Jesus. Yes. Like, like the best leader, isn't he? He's, he's, he's the best pastor. He's, he's just amazing. I love Jesus. Say it, I love Jesus. Say it again if you love Jesus. I love Jesus. So I want to talk today about what we do with all that good stuff that we come together, that we learn and we experience when we're in church. What do we do with that? Well, I'm going to look at the Bible. I'm going to look at a book of the Bible that helps us a lot with this. Can anybody guess what that book is? Go on, have a, have a guess. Acts? Yeah, Acts. Acts. I'm going to talk about the book of Acts. So turn. No, you don't, you don't need to turn, actually. The stories that we learn in the first 12 chapters of Acts are about a church in mission mode. So what can we learn from the book of Acts? What can we learn from that as we continue that mission today? There's the question. It says that the church in Acts did what? They prayed. They, they read Psalms together, especially when the going got tough. And if you want to just back that up a little bit, if you can look in chapter 4. Of, of Acts, it specifically mentions Psalms 118, Psalms 146, and, and number 2. They're good ones to read. So Psalm 118, 146, and 2. And, and then met opposition. It wasn't plain sailing after Pentecost, even though there was a favorable wind. Now, for those of you who don't know, Pentecost is the day that the Holy Spirit came down and settled upon folks from the early church. You might even say that's when the church found its mission. That's when, you know, uh, it's, his birth, it's his birthday, 
if you like. Happy birthday, church, every, every Pentecost, every year. So I want to use four letters that spelled Acts. So we've got A. Okay, see, fire, fire. See the connect, C. T and S. Acts. And I wonder, here's the thing I'm wondering, can we think of what these letters, A, C, T, and S, might stand for in the story of Acts? When we think about the people in Acts, the events, some adjectives, some nouns, some places. What can you think, what can they stand for? Um, Let me give you an idea. Activities of Christians in the spirit. It could be that, couldn't it? Let me give you another one. Just one more. Adventures. Challenges, threats, and surprises. I'd like you to do some practical now. It's acts. I want us to do some actionable. Let's gather together in just some small groups, however big or small you like that to be. So go ahead, do that now. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, just for two minutes, is just to try and make up what you know of acts, what A, C, T, and S could stand for. Is that clear? So let's gather together now in little groups. And if you're not that knowledgeable about Acts, why do you find somebody who looks a little bit more knowledgeable than you and, uh, and connect with them? And then I'm going to ask you to feed back. I'm going to ask you to feed back some of your suggestions. This is just for two, three minutes. The last. Okay, let's, let's go ahead. Let's listen to some of these examples. So, Alan, just one. Just one. Just one. Pick your best one. Okay. Um, ability to challenge the status quo. Ooh. Ooh. Ability to challenge the status quo. Ability to challenge the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing Christians tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like it, like it down here. Adventures with Christ the Savior. That's good. Anointed Christians transforming society. Yes. Like it. Who's going to say... I like it, I like it. Got advancing and comforting through trials and sacrifice. Oh, these are all so good. Ben, you've got a lot to live up to. Over here, you didn't do one over here. Okay. Hang on, I'll come to you, I'll come to you. Okay, guys. I'm leaving Ben to last. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, they're all too good. So can we have ample crumble topped with sugar? <laughs> That was so deep. Wow, that, I'm gonna have to chew over that for a while. A a collection of true stories. A collection of true stories. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Active Christians trusting the Spirit. Yeah, like it. Active Christians trusting the Spirit. Is that everybody from over here? Ben? Are we all listening to this? This is gonna be amazing. Okay, what was that? Have you got them in? Ben, here we go. Um, aligning Christians towards salvation. Yeah, it's all right. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well done, mate. That's awesome. They were good, weren't they? See what happens when you start thinking. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. That's brilliant. All right, you can uh, you can line up your seats again now, or, or do whatever. As long as I'm not seeing the back of your head, that would be great. 
I've got one. You ready for another one? Acts is about Christianity that spreads. About Christianity that spreads. But you were all, you were all amazing. That was all good. They really were brilliant suggestions. Yours was amazing. I'm going to tweet that as soon as possible. Are you already, okay. So have you had your memories jogged a little bit about, about Acts and the story that's told? Um, I want to give us a little bit of help though. I want to give a little bit more insight into, into the book. So it, uh, a guy called Luke wrote Acts and, and, and this book of Acts is a sequel to his other popular bestseller. Uh, have I got good news for you? Uh, in other words, his gospel, which is one of the first four books of, uh, the Bible, uh, the New Testament. And he writes a really careful, well-researched story. But even, I think even he must have been surprised at how it turned out. You know? Surely, I think surely it should have been about one of the further adventures of the apostles that we meet in his volume one. But, but of the big three characters, we hear about Peter for a while. John is mentioned only in passing and we hear only of James once when he dies. So whatever happened to the disciples of Jesus? What happened to Andrew and Thomas and Matthew, Simon, Nathaniel, Jude and the others? What happened to them? Instead, what we, what we have in Acts is we have some new heroes. We have Philip, Stephen, Barnabas, and of course, Saul, who later became Paul. The Bible loved doing that. It loves changing people's names. There's a, how many, how many Johns are there? There's, there's a load. A load. Anyway, we'll go into that. Look, the sim, I think Luke leaves, he leaves quite a few loose ends, doesn't he? There could be more stories that need another book or two or three. The further adventures of Philip. The extraordinary adventures of Barnabas. The magnificent adventures of the Ethiopian treasurer. You could just, there's more stories to tell. The simple truth is that Acts gives us a story of ordinary people getting caught up in something maybe best described as messy mission. Ordinary people getting caught up in messy mission. It wasn't just the esteemed first 12 disciples that were involved, but loads more. Blown by the wind of the Spirit into places and circumstances and activities that made the kingdom of God grow like a wild mustard tree. And it didn't happen according to a neat human action plan, but actually as an overflow of God's urgent love for the world. His love for everyone. Even the people you don't like. He loves them. I find that kind of tough to, to get my head around. Because there are people I don't like. I don't like, I don't like the people who commit atrocities against innocent human beings. God loves them. He wants to turn their life around. He wants them to walk towards him, but he loves them. But I, that's a love that It is extraordinary, isn't it? It's a love that's magnificent. So this messy mission, this non-ordained, non-ordained, loose-ended, unstoppable, unpredictable, bubbling up of all sorts in marginal places, not always understood or liked by those in the supposed center, whether they were temple officials or with others to lose, with power to lose. The church grows by, not by human strategy, actually, but by, by, by visions and divisions, and, and, and that will become clearer as I go on, arguments and opposition. If we want to be 
if Freedom Church, if you guys, if you want to be a part of a spirit-filled, spirit-led church, we, we're going to expect nothing less than a bumpy ride. That's, that's just the way it is. We're going to have that. Now, with a name like Acts, uh, like I said earlier, I think we need to do some acting together. Okay? You see what I did there? Right, so what we're going to do, I'm going to go through a number of bullet points that are going to break down those first 12 chapters of Acts. But in each bullet point, there's going to be a word that you're going to do an action to. And all of a sudden, you look down and go, I'm not doing that. All right, this is going to be good. It's going to be exciting. You're ready? You're ready to act? You're ready to do some stuff? Well, Kat's going to help because she's got a, a, a cheat sheet. I think Hannah has a cheat sheet as well. I don't know if she's available to come and help us on this one or not. Do you want to come and do it, Ben? Yes. Come on, Ben. Let's give Ben a huge round of applause. Give Hannah a huge round of applause. But you guys need to do this as well. All right? You need to do this as well. And some of it, I'm afraid, means you're going to have to get up off your seat. I'm so sorry. You can sit back down again. But, uh, but you're going to have, unless you are incapacitated and you really can't stand up and down. But most of it you can do sitting down. Are you ready? So these are some bullet points. I'm going to go through them. It's going to break down what happens in the book of Acts. The Great Commission. Go into all the world and share the good news with everyone. Two. So they pray. They wait. They read Psalms. And they choose a new apostle. God sends his Holy Spirit with wind. Can we do wind? Yay. With flames and with words of praise. Peter explains important stuff. So change your mind about Jesus. Now, you guys want to know what this is? Yeah. This is sign language for Jesus. Yeah? Sign language for Jesus. And the church is born. Well, don't you guys so good. By the beautiful gate, a lame man is healed, walking and leaping and praising. Yay! Well done. More of you stood up than I expected. Always impressed. Peter explains more important stuff. So change your mind about Jesus. Do this. The church grows. Oh, it's good. Yeah, you could do that. You could do... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Pete Gray when you need him? He did been. I was, I was relying on Pete. Nuts. All right, I've got you. The Sadducees get annoyed and tell Peter and John to stop. Okay, don't look. Come on, guys. Less of you. Come on, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. All right, uh, where we go? Peter explains again. It's all about Jesus. So change your mind about Jesus. The church grows even more. I didn't ask for sound effects, but I'm loving them. The Sadducees become jealous and plot to rid themselves of Peter and John. No, no, not yet. It's this one. This one. That's the next one. Uh, Gamaliel gives wise advice. There you go. Hmm. 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 Peter and John are bold. Peter explains it's all about Jesus. So change your mind about Jesus. And the church grows even more. Ooh. 
It's like a Mexican wave. I like it. Seven new Christian leaders are appointed. Stephen preaches a lot. Okay. I bet, do you know what to do about Stephen? Stephen means a crown, a wreath, majesty. So put on a crown. There we go. Stephen explains it's all about Jesus, who is great in the temple, to change your mind about Jesus. The Sadducees are argued and outraged again. They, they, they stone Stephen. Your sound effects? Come on. The church scatters, but grows even more. Samaritans in the north become Christians. Samaritans. The Jews didn't like Samaritans. They were, no, they were cast into the north. A treasurer from Ethiopia becomes a Christian. How do you count some money? A treasurer. Even a Pharisee named Saul becomes a Christian in Damascus. (gasps) Astonishment. Be astonished. (gasps) Are you doing it, guys? Oh, that's good astonishment. That's like the scream, actually. You should share everyone. And the church does what? The church grows. People by the seaside become Christians and get healed. Look amazed, like your arms and and, and, and bones are being healed and things like that. Even a Roman soldier called Cornelius becomes a Christian. So soldier, soldier. Roman soldier. Oh, you could do that if you want. I don't know. Okay. Uh, his whole family get blessed. Yay! But do you know what? It's all about Jesus. God wants everyone to become part of his new family through Jesus. So change your mind about Jesus. Foreigners. Foreigners in Syria become Christians. <gasps> and Barnabas and Saul go and pastor them. And guess what? The church can't stop growing. Herod puts his foot down. James is killed. Uh, Peter is arrested. I added some more in there. I just felt like we needed to. I couldn't help myself. It's going better than I thought. So I thought by this time you'd all be really bored. The church prays. And an angel rescues Peter. And then guess what? The church continues to grow. Indicate loads of things, loads of growth everywhere. The church just exploding out of every, every place. Whew. Give yourselves a round of applause. You're amazing. Oh, you were brilliant. I'm like, you did 32 bullet points there. Did it feel like it? I got to 15. I'm like, man, they're going to they're gonna back off after this one. But no, you're good. You kept going. Thank you to our wonderful assistants. John, John was there doing it as well. So we've looked at 12 chapters, covering about 12 years. So we really have just looked at those selected highlights with selected history, uh, heroes. It, it is a selected history that we've just gone through. But here's an important thing that we need to remember and we need to be encouraged by. The early church didn't have miracles every day. I would imagine. Or indeed opposition all the time, I would have thought. There were lots. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty confident of, of the seemingly mundane. 
of, of lots of people who don't get a mention. Lots of quiet, ordinary moments where life just carries on. The Christian life then is sometimes routine, every day and unspectacular, and sometimes it's even hard. But here's the thing. You'll find that a lot of the time that that opportunity is opened up by something that looks like a setback, a disagreement even, a pushback. So, for example, Peter and John are arrested twice. Now, that seems like a big setback, wouldn't you agree? Getting arrested. But each time they grow bolder and the church shakes with power. They discover the truth of Jesus' promise that the Spirit would give them the words to speak. Let's trust that the Spirit gives us words to speak. The church scatters after Stephen's death, but the gospel then reaches Samaria and even Ethiopia. If you can think about your geography and where those places are, that's quite a distance when you ain't got planes, trains and automobiles. The church grows. Opposition grows stronger, but it just means that the story reaches Israel's coastal strip with Peter. And the city of Antioch in Syria, in there, a new church center is born. Within this account of messy mission is a story of people changing their minds about Jesus. They come to realize that Jesus is God. Jesus is the resurrection. The Sadducees, the main opposition in this part of Acts, really struggled with this idea of resurrection. And guess what many people do today? Many people do today. Jesus is Messiah. And that's another problem for these Sadducees because their power was tied up with Rome. And the Romans called Caesar what? Do you know what they called him? The Son of God and the Prince of Peace. And that sounds familiar. Somebody else is taking on that title that is rightfully theirs. Jesus is the new temple. No wonder Stephen's speech went down so badly with the temple leaders. It's also a story about the church having to change its mind about God. People of all nations were there on the day of Pentecost. But it took a long while for these truths to sink in. Those hated, mixed-raced Samaritans, guess what? They could become Christians. Pagan foreigners like Cornelius could become Christians. Bitter enemies and agents of the Sanhedrin like Saul could become a Christian. Acts is all about new thinking about mission. It reminds us that mission is what the church was created for. So I want to remind you, yes, it is all about about being spirit-filled and spirit-led, but it isn't about keeping that entrapped within the four walls of our church Sunday meeting. It's about taking that outside into the world. In fact, Acts reminds us that mission is what it's created for, and it gives us a pattern for mission. Do you know the pattern for mission that it gives us in Acts? By only giving us no set pattern. There's no set pattern for mission. That's why you need to be spirit-led. We need to be prepared to be messy-edged and have our neat plans messed up. And boy, for those who know me, that's really scary. I don't like things being messy. I like my order. I like one thing to go after another. I like my sheets. I'd like to know what I'm doing next. And if somebody else comes in and says, why don't we do this? I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's not on. Can we put it on my bullet point and then I'll be fine? 
I don't like it. But it's true because the church is about reaching people who haven't got it all together. That's what we're here for. We're about reaching people who don't have it all together, whose lives aren't tied up with some neat little bow. People are fallen creatures, okay? We're fallen creatures who in their hearts, they are seeking a way back to God. They just don't know it yet. But people are messy. Even those in the church, we, we, we don't have it all together. And I defy anyone to tell me they found the perfect church. Because there isn't one. Because the church is full of imperfect people. Trying and striving. Hoping and believing. But we're imperfect. But like family, we stick it out together. We work through our issues together. Like family, we multiply. Together. A candidate works falling apart now. Anyway. Uh, where are we? Where are we? But this is the thing. This is the, thing. This is the difference, I think, between those who are in the church and those who aren't in the church is, is we have hope. So even though we're as messy sometimes as people outside of the church, we have hope. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. We know who's in charge. And this should mark us out as different. It should mark you out as different. So yes, you might be struggling, but your life shouldn't be woe, woe, woe betide me or whatever the phrase is. probably said that wrong. What's the phrase? Woe was that it? Wow, I'm so clever. I didn't even know it. The thing that does the most to change people's minds about Christians, I think, is the community lifestyle of Christians. Would you agree? So uh, it's a local church that, that when it's working right, it's attractive. It's exciting. And it's one that shows real care for each other and for others. That's what made people think again in Acts. And what changed their minds about Jesus. In the early church we see hospitality, caring, celebration, conversation, prayer, story and learning together. And these are the marks of messy mission. Creating a Christ-centered community that points to Jesus. These are the marks that I want Freedom Church to have. And in some ways we've already got them. But I think we can do so much more. We can do so much more, particularly as we engage with our local community, as we engage with our city. We need everyone on board, not just the twos or the threes or the fives or the ten. We need everyone on board doing their bit to help fulfill this messy mission. And Acts represents, like I say, it represents the church in mission mode, a church that, does, that takes risks that makes mistakes. This is the thing about, about being so rigid and, and legalistic about how you do things. You, you won't take risks because you're fearful of making mistakes. But as a church, we have to take risks. And as a church, we will make mistakes. It's how we deal with those mistakes, how we, how we work out what, what we've created, bring it back together. Let's start again. I want us to be a risk-taking church, doing things that we've never even thought possible before. Things that are so outside the box that, that, that it's scary. I, I want to be in a scary church. <laughs> Tweet that. I want the church to be scary. To, to just be so out there that it's like looking over the edge of a precipice going, oh, you want, you know, like Indiana Jones, Cass showed it, you know, a few months ago when he steps out in, in The Last Crusade, I think it is, in faith. And then there's that disguised uh, uh, bridge across the chasm. Because that's what it'll be. Jesus is that bridge across the chasm. 
So we step out, he's going, I'm there, I'm there for you, I'm ready for you. Go for it, do it. Most of the miracles in scripture don't begin until somebody steps out into them. The water doesn't turn into wine until it's actually halfway across the room. The, the, the sea doesn't separate until people are knee deep. Miracles begin as we begin to move out. We don't wait for the miracle to happen and then go for it. If we're spirit-led, we step out and the miracle occurs. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I want a church to take risks and make mistakes, but I want a church that keeps on going, that keeps on growing. And let's pray. Let's pray that we can be an Acts mission church. Maybe the letters of Acts should stand for this. Accepting all, creating space, telling the story of Jesus, serving food, but serving each other. Cass going to lead us in prayer. Bless you guys. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.